Fresh Art International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, Fresh Art producer, and today I'm in Amsterdam with Dutch writer Rashid Novare. With a Dutch mother and a Moroccan father, Rashid is an author whose heritage is intrinsic to his writing. Rashid started composing stories when he was in elementary school, and he was only 19 years old when he produced his first short story collection, Herons in Cairo. His first novel was shortlisted for the Dutch Libris Literature Prize in 2004, and his fourth novel is coming out in February 2013. Rashid, you've said that history is an arena for the imagination. And I'm wondering what unexpected places and histories have you sought out as a writer? I guess I'm always fascinated with what they sometimes call the imagined country. Like in my debut, there was also a story about Jacob van Marland. He is a medieval scientist and he wrote a lot about India without ever having been in India. So mm. He wrote this encyclopedia with all these pictures of people without hats, clouds falling down. And I was fascinated by what people can get in a comforting way out of these stories. They might know that there are not real areas what they talk about, but still you can own even what you do not know. Mm. And that paradox has always fascinated me and has stimulated me also to go to China and to explore there 3,000 years ago China. So you, I can go to China, but I can never explore any more that territory. Still, I choose to work out those areas that I can never reach. <laughs> you were talking about a comfort zone, and I think it's interesting that you have been a writer-in-residence in Suriname and in China, and I know in China, I've been to China, it's a very um, foreign culture for those of us from the West. And I'm wondering why you consider it so important to place yourself in a position where you are a complete stranger to the culture and the language. Mm. I think because my characters are in many, many regards. I write about an episode where they believe that not everyone has a soul. Only noble class has a soul can enter heaven. And I write about a woman from the lower class who says, if my soul would be put into a liquid, into a bowl of water, it would be the same bowl of water as anyone else's. And she's get chased after. So it's a story about religion in that regard. And she is a stranger also in China in that empire, as I was maybe when I was living there for half a year. I didn't experience it that much because I discovered a very emotional culture where people love to sing karaoke, even if they're all alone in their own home. And if you happen to pass by, you can be the audience, you know? So mm -hmm. there was a lot for me to plug into besides ancient culture, also popular culture We're talking and curiosity which is what motivates me every day. There's a strong curiosity in a competence way almost. Do you think we are developed enough? 
Um, you know, there is a lot of energy in making that struggle to become a 21st century successful country, which it already is. We're talking about The Song of the Stingray, a novel that grew from Rashid's residency in China. The story about a defiant peasant woman takes place in the 11th century BC, but it's one that might have been told in present day reports of the Chinese government's response to any village uprising. The stingray can give you an electrical shock that might be your ending, but then there is this longing also in love affairs to take a risk, you know, because if you caress it softly enough that it will go under your hand quickly enough in the water, you took the risk to touch together something that could kill you, but could also give you the kiss of life. And that is also the paradox that the title derives its meaning from. I would long to caress a stingray with you. And if we are older and wiser, we still remember it one day. That day we caressed the stingray. We will remember it. That's a poem that's in the middle of the story. How do you make this story, the song of the stingray, about a religious revolution in historical China relevant to a contemporary reader? The thing was, like in the in the paper, they said Ayan Hirshi Ali in China, because Ayan Hirshi Ali was this critic of Islam that was purchased in every way and even had to fled from the country. So the journalist that wrote about the book saw an, an analogy between this Li Ting, this woman in the 11th century before Christ, and a woman like Ayan Hirshi Ali today. And I really like it when people tell me also what I have put into it and I can affirm that in this case yeah the outsider the female outsider who reflects on society still has to pay a very high price for her expression. Rashid explained the role of cultural conflict in his first autobiographical novel. The book titled Descent takes place in Germany, Morocco and Amsterdam three countries to which the author is closely tied. In Descent, Rashid explores his family's historic struggle with identity and assimilation. In the end, there was a quote for my, for my last book, a Dutch writer who said, I don't belong to anything, only to desire. And I really like that quote um, because it's that part of which uh, an, uh, somebody from the Antillian writer, Frank Martinez Arian, he said, I am more than a product of my culture. I am where my courage and my imagination can take me. I can escape despair. And in the end, you want to write about that unique part of a character that goes above the culture. But you need the cultural clash to reach that part. And I think that that is the function, if you ask me. It's like the, 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 the blue guitar, Wallace Stevens. Do you know that poem? They say, you have a blue guitar. You do not play things as they are. The man replied, things as they are, are changed upon the blue guitar. So in the end, you always write about that blue guitar, right? But we are, are in a way, our context as well, of course. And that goes in an un unconscious 
layer of our being, in my case. In my case, because I always was, I, I, I spoke Dutch, I never spoke Arabic. But then I still have that family up there in North Africa, which is mine, but still also far away. Um, you know, you can own it and at the same time you can mystify it. And that gave me the courage to write in my debut about 18 locations all over the planet. But I only understood that so much later in my life that my own cultural fragmentation was an excuse to have the courage to just write about China. But mm -hmm. that is the child that I am in the time that I am in the in the television that I watched and you know, a fragmented child, a new age child in that sense. Your book Descent, your most recent book, yeah. takes place in Germany, Morocco and Amsterdam, so three different sites of imagination as it were. Tell me about yeah, where it was it was my fourth and then my first autobiography. Sometimes you need that, that time somehow. For me, I, it took that time to not write about, to not write from the pain only, but to write about the pain. Um, a friend of mine, she's a singer, she described it as a photo that comes out of the, in the, in the dark room, comes out of the fixating bath. And you slowly see the contours and you sink towards it. But you also need that time to let the photo sink back again. You know, this is an autobiographical story about a young Amsterdam writer with a father that he, you know, has a very harsh contact with. And he tries to discover why is his father like that. And also his grandmother, she's only busy with survival. She came from Germany as a Polish. So she was always ashamed in Germany for being Polish because they were looked down upon. And then when she came to Holland, finally they looked down upon German people because of the war. So she was always out of the comfort zone. And this is really my father, and this is really my grandmother, and she was busy with assimilation. He was busy with his Moroccan Muslim identity, and I wanted to discover where their lines were leading back to. And when my grandmother showed me a picture of her mother who received a medal out of Hitler's system for deriving birth to 10 sons, I was completely amazed and when she said to me like look at her she had a flower dress on she had a flower dress on all those other ladies were just in black i thought this is her small world and um i am part of a nazi history as well so in this story i go i literally call those people i go to germany but i also go to morocco to find out why my father was always such a egocentric personality and then what i do in the end of the story i walk in and I take my father out of the cradle and I give that little dark baby to this Nazi great-grandmother and I say to her, here is your 11th son, you know. So it's an experiment with history, with facts. I cannot only write about the facts, I have to transform them. I discovered that along the way. Hubris, Rashid's latest book, is situated in the present tense. But time travel is essential to the narrative. She was for me the first time that I really wrote about here and now. The novel starts off in a time with Facebook, with mobile phones. That was pretty new to me, you know, before I needed that room of imagination too. But then I write about a woman, uh, 27 years old. I write about her feeling stuck 
in this world full of possibilities. And all she can think of is just to travel every time again. She goes out of the country into a new country where there is a person she cannot escape, which is her father. So you see this dominant father figure. And one day her father figure says, I have this business in Central Asia and I would like you to be a Russian uh, translator there. And when she goes to the country, she discovers it's about something completely else. And she has to go to one of the graves at the borders uh, to get an artifact. And she gets a guide in Turkmenistan. And this guide has his own secret with his father. And she doesn't know that the father of the guide was killed by her father. So they travel back into time in a way. And it's this road novel about them reaching the grave. And in that sense, it's a story about cultural difference in what is loyalty to a country. Do you want to escape a country all the time? Or do you want to die for the values of your country? What's that balance? What did we lose also in that regard? And where does hubris come into this? With her, the hubris that she can always enter a new territory just by being there. And for him, the fact that he thinks that if he is loyal to a country, that a country will be loyal to him. I was wondering if Rashid had a futuristic angle in mind for his next novel. I am writing from the mortuary. Mm-hmm. There is this deceased person, and he writes this uh, story to the E&A, which is the immigration office, about things that went wrong. Because he could enter as a person alive, he could enter in Holland, but as a dead guy, he cannot go out anymore because he lied about his passport. So that is the ultimate future, right? Afterlife. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could read these novels, but they're all in Dutch. Rashid's writing has yet to be published in English. The reading you're about to hear is a short excerpt from the translation of Returning, a story that Rashid read aloud for radiobooks.com. Told in the first person, the drama unfolds on the Gold Coast in Africa. Savages on the Gold Coast sometimes believe that the spirits of their ancestors will return to their country from the sea. They see us, merchants of the Dutch East India Company arriving grandly in our ships as dead relatives. And it is precisely because of this relationship that some tribes give the white man such a warm welcome. According to a very old notion, a man is legally entitled to everything he grows, makes, discovers or finds in the land he first inhabits. Consequently, the village the ground, and the mineral resources it held were already the legal property of us Europeans before we'd even arrived. I'm Kathy Bird, and you've been listening to Rashid Novare on Fresh Talk. Fresh Art International podcasts are distributed by Public Radio Exchange at prx.org. We have a page on Facebook, and I tweet at FreshArtintl. 
Find out more about us on freshartinternational.com.